Hey, so um, family, I am so excited this morning because we have um, one of my best friends is here to share with us this morning. Um, some of you have had the privilege already of hearing from Paul Moran. Have you guys been here, a few of you, from, and, and got to hear him? Yeah. So I know the, um, the Lord has put um, a powerful word on his heart for, for us this morning, for, specifically for us for today and for the season that we're in. I'm excited to have him come up. Um, for those of you who haven't gotten to meet him, he's going to be hanging out a little bit after church. Come up and, and shake his hand, get to know him a little bit. Um, he's, uh, he works in a, a number of different mul multiple ministry fronts, primarily a ministry called Taken Back. Um, and it's a ministry that works and runs mentor programs for young kids, underserved and underprivileged kids uh, in Rhode Island, as well as in the nation of El Salvador. Uh, and it's been operating there in El Salvador for 10 years now, along with uh, mentorships and working with kids there. They also do what they call um, love initiatives. And so these love initiatives, they go into communities, they discern what needs are there, because uh, this is areas of El Salvador, just absolute uh, third world country type stuff, um, places that don't have fresh water, clean water. And so they've done a number of well, well water projects and gone in with organizations to dig in well and, and provide now fresh and clean water for hundreds of people living in, the, in kind of the middle of a jungle, right, Polly? So, um, yeah, so he's, he's, he's learned a lot. The Lord's used him in, in a lot of exciting ways. And here now, he's here to use him with us this morning. So would you help me welcome him this morning? Hey, guys. How are you? Good? All right. Trust me, it's more awkward for me. <laughs> the faces. It's like, how are you? Everybody's like, uh, good, good. Um, yeah, thanks, Eddie. Uh, yeah, we, we love El Salvador. We love what God's allowed us to do there. Uh, it's such a unique thing. Um, we love partnership. We just believe in mobilizing and equipping people and giving them the ability to thrive and run. And so uh, that's just our heartbeat. Everything that we do in El Salvador is self-sustained. And so what's better than that, right? When you're able to just give people a, a jump start into something and let them just go after it. And so it's been amazing. We've seen God do some cool things. Um, I'm just going to open up in prayer real quick, and then I'm going to jump in. The Lord kind of changed up my sermon on me while we were doing worship, so bear with me. All right. So, Lord, we love you, and we thank you, God. We just, man, we're so grateful to just be able to come into a house with freedom to worship you, with no worry of... Uh, <laughs> I always say this because there's no worry of, of death and persecution as, as we see in other countries with our brothers and sisters. And so, Lord, I ask that we just take advantage of this. We don't get caught up uh, in our minds and not just be able to sit and just take in how much freedom you've given us. So we love that about what you're doing, Lord. I just pray that tonight, uh, today you would just have your way. Lord, that you will just speak uh, to your people. Lord, with all my heart, I know that you love us and you care for us and you have something fresh and new for us each day. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that whatever is of you, that it will be tattooed over their souls, that they'll remember this truth. And, Lord, whatever I speak that's just not for your people, that let it just be forgotten. We love you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Has any of you guys been in new seasons before? Seasons. I just came into a new season, and uh, I'm so grateful because <laughs> I was not happy with the season I was currently in. We all go through 
seasons. When we accept Christ into our life, that's a new season, right? Our old is gone and our new is here. That's the ability for us to be able to rejoice in, you know? Then there are times where, actually, my mom just went through a new season. She just moved at the end of January, I mean, uh, December, which I think is the worst time to move, right, after the holidays. But she went through a new season and moved and got into a new place. I think we all go through the new seasons. This right here, this setup, it's pretty different, isn't it? How many of you guys feel pretty cool about it? And how many of you guys feel, ah, I'm a little uncomfortable. It's a little uncomfortable looking at somebody like this during worship, you know? It's, it's a little weird. We all go through new seasons, and I think that that's a beauty of walking with the Lord. Um, I was thinking a lot about Graceway and just what God has been doing with you guys over the year and just being able to come in here and hang out with you guys and share. And I began to think about God's promises. Because often when we're going out of a season, it's because God is propelling us forward to a promise he's given us. And I think at times, I I can just speak for myself, coming out of season sometimes is super scary when you don't know what's ahead. You ever been there? Where you you know something is about to end and you're clinging so tightly to something because it's so good and it had its good in it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes relationships, you know, you're like holding their life to it and you know that it's about to end or jobs and the list goes on. But often we have to remind ourselves that when we are going into something and we are walking with Jesus, God has already gone before us so we can trust in that. And so we don't have to sit with anxiousness or fear. We can walk into stuff with joy, with hope. And so I was thinking through uh, the word and and just different promises God's given his people. And there's one uh, promise where he began to get his people ready. He pulled them out of uh, the Israelites out of Egypt. And they've been traveling around in the desert and the wilderness, and they just had emotional, you ever have emotions just go up and down? They're like, we're so happy we're free. And then they're yelling at Moses, like, take us back to Egypt. You're going to kill us. And I can bear being Moses as a leader. And he's going back and forth, and he looks and says, hey, we're going to put you into a new land, and uh, we want you to go scout it out. Canon, do you remember that? And so Joshua and Caleb goes over and they start looking at this land and they look over it and it's into Joshua's perspective and Caleb's perspective amongst the other guys that were with them. There was just, it was beautiful, flowing with milk and honey to them, just clusters of grapes. They were looking at everything the land had for them that the Lord promised and the other people that were with them were just looking at what was in the land that God promised. Okay, so... Let me say that again. There are times when we can get caught up in looking at the things in something that God's promised us rather than looking at the promises that God's given us in that. And so other people around there were looking over and seeing giants, seeing fortified areas, looking around and thinking, we are going to die. So they come back, they go, they report back to Moses. And then once again, they're yelling, Moses, what are you crazy? This is no way God's called us here. There's giants, it's fortified, there's absolutely no way. Caleb immediately shuts them up. He's like, are you kidding me? This is the land God's promised us. There's grapes and there's milk and honey. There's everything God's promised us is in this land. Let's go take this land. 
And everybody else started flipping out. No, absolutely not. And so the reality is they just, they didn't get a chance to go into that land at that time. And so much so that the Lord promised that they would not see that land. We thank God for Jesus though, you know, who redeems us in that area. But God, God said, look, you're not going to see that land, but I promise you this, Caleb and Joshua, because they had faith, they will see that land. And so we, we fast forward when we move forward. Moses is about to die in Deuteronomy. And now Joshua has been working with Moses. And what I love is when Moses is spending time with God, we sometimes skip over this in Scripture. And Moses coming back down to talk to his people. Joshua was still up there. Because God was doing something and getting Joshua ready for something. And so now Moses is about to go. And, and so the Lord says this in Deuteronomy um, 31, verse 23. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the last, uh, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I have promised them. An oath, I myself will be with you. And so he already looks at Joshua and he's saying, Joshua, look, you're young. This is intimidating, but I want you to be strong and I want you to be courageous because I'm going to use you to bring my people into a promise that I've given them. You ever felt intimidated when you start to walk into something in a position or going into something where you know that if you're doing it on your own, you'll fail? You ever been there? But you, you like fully relying on the Lord. You're like, God, if you do not come through, this is going to be a disaster, you know? Um, that's often how I live. I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing, God, but help me here. And I think that's the reason why God looked at Joshua and said, look, I'm going to remind you of something. I've equipped you, so be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And so Moses passes on, which goes into Joshua 1, right? And so this is what Joshua 1 says, chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua of Nun, Moses, Moses' aid, Moses, uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get up and get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give you to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, and I promise that I promised Moses, your territory will be extended. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, all right? He says it now again to him. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people into the, inherit the land I swore to them and their ancestors to give. He says it again now a third time. Joshua be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws of my servant Moses gave and do not turn from, the, uh, turn from them to the right or to the left. Uh, you may be successful wherever you go. Then we continue down and once again, guys, what do you think he said? Have I not commanded you? Be what? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So what do you think Joshua did at that point? So it says that so he got up and he ordered his officers and his people go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you'll be crossing into the Jordan and to go, where the, uh, and to go into the place that God has promised us. Three, four times God said what to Joshua? Be strong and courageous. 
Because there was something within Joshua that God knew as a good father that he needed to be reminded that he is going to sustain him and be with him. That he's not going to push him through a season in a new place where he's just going to be left alone to do this all on his own. And I think so often when we think of things that God is calling us to new seasons of life, we begin to worry because we're putting so much trust in ourselves rather than God. And so we begin to think about all of our failures and all of our mishaps and all of our weaknesses. And we begin to judge the calling that God has on us and the promises God has on us off of us. Off of us. But that's not how God sees us. His ways are not our ways. Right? Scripture says as far as from the heavens and the earth as his thoughts from our thoughts. There's nothing like, uh, like the way the Father sees us sometimes. I just don't think we fully understand the love that God has for us as his children. I think that times we get so caught up in a human perspective of love so often that when we think about what God is doing within us, we think it's too good to be true. You know? If only he knew, the people around me knew what I was doing how imperfect I was, how messed up I was, they would never trust me. They would never think I'm capable. But Joshua is hearing the same thing from the Lord over and over again for a reason. Be strong and courageous. Stop relying on yourself. I will be with you. I'm going to go before you. And so I love what Joshua's response is. His response is, guys, gather your stuff up. It's time to go. Now think about the Israelites at this point. They've been already preparing for something like this. This is now a place where they've heard it all before. Moses promised them this for years after years. Now he's dead. And Joshua's saying, gather up your things, guys. We're about to go. And you know the reality of it is some of the things that they had possession of, they actually had to leave behind them to move forward. They weren't able to take everything. So often when we're moving in a direction that God is calling us to, we want to do it our way. We gather up what we think we need to move forward. But God sometimes has to say, hey, you need this, you need this, you need this. The rest you need to leave behind. But we often struggle with something like that. How many of you guys struggle with stuff like that? I do. Because I want it my way and I want it to look my way. You know, my friends and I, we're, we're a bit younger, and when we go into places, sometimes we can just be, we have things set in our way and how we want it to be. Sometimes we think ignorantly, if it's not the way we think it should be, then God won't move. It's such a weird perspective as if he's worried about how we think it should look, you know? He's like, you're right. You need more lights. You know what? Spirit, leave. You know, it's like, that's not how he works. And so over time and time again, you know, as we gather together as a group, we begin, to, we begin to actually begin to strip things down. We had a leader in our life for my buddy David and I. His name is Imari. And I honestly felt like purposely he just kept making things more simplified, more simplified, more simplified. We had like a box drum and a guitar. And there was maybe like four of us in a room. And he's like, God's going to show up tonight. God, when he's doing something new, he begins to strip things off of us and says, hey, gather up what you can, and I'm going to tell you some things you're going to have to leave behind because there's a promise and there's a new thing I'm doing. Are you aware of it? Do you see it? Or are you so focused on what you think it should be and look like? That happens so much to us. I find myself at times in my room thinking that, Lord, like, why isn't, 
you know, my life the way I think it should have been, you know? You ever go through that and you're like, I made this, you know, where did, where did I go wrong, Lord? Instead of saying, wait a minute, God, you're going to be doing something. Am I seeing it? Am I looking? Am I so fixated on myself right now? Often I think doubt comes from being so self-absorbed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Doubt comes from a self-absorbed mindset. Because we begin to again, once again, say, Jesus, I know you love me, I know you're king, and I know you created everything, but you need my help here. (laughs) You know? Right here, this is what you need. You need my help. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Trust me. This is what I want you to do. It's not how it works. But I'll tell you what God is good at. He's good at looking at us as as a father and as us being his kids and saying, hey, hey, I'm calling you something amazing. So remember this, be strong and courageous. Wherever your feet step, I'm going to bless, and I'm going to provide, and I'm going to take care of it, and I got it all set up. I'm just not going to leave you high and dry. Hey, I promise this. I don't care about your weaknesses. I don't care about what you think you can or cannot do. Trust me. Trust me. I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're walking as co-heirs in Christ, guys. It's a powerful reminder. And so... After Joshua tells them, hey, guys, get ready. We're about to move into a new season. And I love this part. He looks at them um, right, uh, right beforehand. He, he looks and he gathers up, gathers up some spies. And he says, hey, we want to go check out this land that God wants us to cross over the Jordan. It's called Jericho, right? Everybody's heard of Jericho. Everybody's done like in children's church where you like quietly walk in a circle. You ever do that? <laughs> Kind of like this, you know, you start walking quietly in a circle. And I honestly think it was because the children's pastor was so sick of hearing the kids scream. And like, we're going to play this game. It is called Jericho. You start walking quietly, right? And so he's like, hey, we're going to bring some spies into the land. We're going to scout it out. Sounds familiar? Sounds familiar, right? And so now they go over and they look. And what do you think they see? Even more of a fortified city. Even crazier people in Jericho. People were trying to leave Jericho. That's why they had those walls there. Forget about people trying to go in. People were trying to leave, and they're like, nope, you're one of us. And they looked in, and they noticed, and they said, this is wild. This is crazy. This is dangerous. There was a different shift. This is this. They said that Joshua, after they shared everything that was happening to, you know, in that city, there was a different response, right? This is now what they report back to Joshua. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given us, given the whole land into our hands and all the people are melting in fear because of it. And I'm gonna tell you why they responded that way. Because when they were in that land spying it out, the king found out that these men were coming in the land and they got completely petrified and their fear, they thought they could mask their fear with intimidation. And so they're trying to drag out these spies, which most people would have been petrified. And said, so these people are going to kill us. They're nuts. There's no way. And they looked at it like, oh, they're actually scared because they know God has something going on now. God's about to do something. And so when they escaped, even though they almost were about to die, 
which was a different place that where Caleb and Joshua was. At least they were looking over it, over a land. and was like, oh, that, we're not going to be in there. These guys were in it. And they came back and said, hey, hey, Joshua, this is definitely now the land God's called us to because we, these people are scared of us. They were trying to kill us, Joshua. It was a perspective of hope, guys. They started to look at things a little different than his ancestors beforehand. They said, instead of walking in fear because these people were intimidating, I think it's because they know that the God of Israel is on our side. And so now I know for sure, because they were going after me, that God is in this, and this is our land. Have you ever been attacked before where it comes out of nowhere and you're wondering what in the world's going on? I'm not, I'm not saying that every time you get attacked or something goes wrong, it's the enemy. Sometimes I believe that God is trying to do something in you. By the way, I heard that through Stephen Furtick. But... Um, it was truth. Can't rob somebody from it. But it was truth. But often at times when we begin to get attacked and things start looking differently, rooms start changing a little bit with chairs that are in a circle and you're up and close and looking at one another. You begin to, you can either do two things. You can either say, man, something new and exciting is about to take place. Or say, take me back to what I remember and know. You know what I'm saying? But instead they said, man, God, this has to be the land you're calling us to. Let's go, Joshua. They were excited. What once was fearful people are now people full of hope and full of seeing truth beyond their own capacity because they're now trusting in the Lord instead of trusting in themselves. And so Joshua, the next day, says after three days, the officers went throughout the camp, again giving orders to the people. <laughs> when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, and the, uh, the Levites priests carry it out, are you to move forward and behind them in possession of what's about to take place? Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. So he's saying, look, at, guys, I want you to understand. We're going to get ready, get things going. I'm going to give you some directions. God had it all under control, but God, as our father, still puts people on our lives to give us a little direction in what we're doing. How many people love, I love direction. I have ADHD, so I actually crave structure and direction. Because it's like, <laughs> if I don't have it, I'm everywhere. I'm all over the place. Uh, you may not think it. So when you see wild kids that you're about to like choke out, just think, they just need some love and direction. <laughs> they just need some love and direction. There's nothing wrong when God puts leaders in our life to trust, right, that are positioning us and saying, hey, guys, get ready, pack up. We're about to do something amazing here. God's moving us in a different place. Joshua told the people, and I love this part, because it's important. They weren't just going as separate individuals. They were going as one unit. Catch me? When God was moving his people, he wasn't just individually moving them. It wasn't an just an individual. It was, a, it was a unified blessing and a promise he was giving to his people. And so he said to them, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. It was saying, get ready. Be in prayer. Get in the word. Get in your, your time to be alone with the Lord, because tomorrow you're going to be absolutely amazed about what God is about to do. 
I think sometimes the part of consecration could be a little difficult for us as individuals. It's that waiting period almost, that preparation. Because again, I, I, I think about being where they are. Again, familiar things. Not everybody, and I'm sure in those tribes, are like, yippee, let's go over to the Jericho. Yeah, let's go. Let's cross the Jordan River. Not many. I don't think everybody was. And you're sitting there, and you can allow what to take over you. Fear and doubt and worry and wondering, is this the right time? Is this how it should be? Is this how it should look? But when we begin to consecrate ourselves before the Lord, when we begin to strip ourselves, when we get to get on our, our faces before God, at, at that point, that's when we can let our voice dial down, dial, uh, dial down and start to hear the voice of God. Yeah. It's at that point when we get on our face, when we get on our face, Every other voice that's not of the Lord just seems to go down. Then we get to hear the Lord speak truth. Consecrate yourselves. Get ready. Purify. It was a rich, it was a religious, it was a purified ritual. Like, come on, guys, we're about to do something that's gonna make something that we thought never was gonna come watch what's about to happen tomorrow. And so um, so then it continues as they cross the Jordan. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. And now the Jordan is a flood, is flooding stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests were carried, the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched that water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing. <clears throat> Can our team come up now? Because I'm about to close. Hey, at least it was quick. Was it quick? Anybody time this, this bad, Larry? Right on time. <clears throat> I think what, what, what amazes me about that is um, the Ark of the Covenant was a representation of God moving ahead. And, and, and what was so mind-blowing to me is that when God began to move, when these priests started holding the Ark of the Covenant, as soon as their feet touched the water, the flow of the water stopped. It stopped. I think at times we are so fearful of seasons that are about to come that we can stand completely still and worry about taking any kind of step forward because we think that maybe we'll just get entrenched with failure. And everything around us will come crashing down. So we just stand put. You know what I'm saying? But there was something powerful that was happening. What was happening is I believe that when the Ark of the Covenant stepped, when these priests stepped in with the Ark of the Covenant and the people were behind them, it began to spur on and get them ready with a faithful expectation when they seen those waters part. Yeah. I mean, and what's wild about this day is it was flooding. Jesus picked a day that for sure fear could have came over them and said, not today, guys, turn around three more days later. But it was flooding. And God said, today is the day when this river looks overcome 
and fierce and scary. This is the day we're about to move through the river. This is the day I'm going to part the Jordan. And the water from upstream stopped flowing and it piled up in a heap of great distance away at a town called Adam. That is at the Dead Sea was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completely came across on dry land. I think sometimes we hear these verses over and over again and some of us in here may struggle and be like, well, that's Old Testament or that, not, our lives are not like their lives. And we can know this is, the, this is breathing and active, this word right here. And it's for every day of our lives. Get past your self-righteous mindset to think that this story is not for you today. Because this is God speaking to his people. And he's about to do something wild, even well past crossing the Jordan River. He then tells them, 12 tribes get 12 stones. Because now I'm going to do something even greater. I, I don't want you to forget because, see, my people seem to forget time after time what I do for them. Right? He's looking at his people who constantly were building gods and idols and worshiping and getting so anxious and wondering that this is, God's going to fail me once again and over and over again. So he says, get 12 tribes, get 12 stones. And it says this, Joshua tells his people this, in the future, when your children ask you, what did these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant and of the Lord. And when it crossed <laughs> and when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to our people of Israel forever. And it's still there today. It's still there today. It's a reminder of God's promise to his people. It's a reminder of God's promise to his people. This story is a reminder of God's promise to you guys. To this church. And how old is this church? 60 to 70 years? 67 years. Man. God has been so faithful to this church. God has held this church. Nothing lasts 67 years without the hand of the Lord on it, I believe. So yeah, you got it. You're like, I think I know what he's saying here. He's trying to say that there's a new season he wants us to start looking at. Yeah, I am. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> the reason why it changes up, guys, is because, listen, forget about what the paint looks like and these chairs look like and what it used to be in the baptismal because those things will change. But one thing that won't is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so if you want to see 67 more years of the promises of God in this place, stop sitting on a self-righteous mindset. Get up and start to rejoice today because God is doing a 
new thing. He hasn't forgotten his people. He hasn't left you behind. I don't care how old you are. The older people in this room are the reasons why this place has been established. It's not because of the young. But now as old people know, right? I don't think anybody in here is greedy enough to say, but I want to hoard it to myself. And if it's only hymns, then I want the old out. I want the young out. That's not how it works because a new generation is coming. So the 12 stones, the 67 stones that we can look at in this church, you'll be able to say to your grandchildren, hey, do you remember at times when maybe people in here thought we were done? That we were going to fold up? Do you remember? Do you remember when we had no money to our name? Do you remember we were worried about the heat bill or having to send out support letters? Do you remember that? Yet God never failed us. God never failed us. God never failed us. God never failed us. See, I believe with all my heart that a church exists to glorify God and that alone. I don't care if it's in a tent, outside, in a building, how big the building is, how many people in there. And it's not about, this is not what a church is meant for. This is a place for restoration and restorement. It's for the broken. And when you're broken, the last thing you care about is what the carpet color looks like. The last thing you care about is that sign that was hanging was from 19-something-something, and that was the first. Nobody cares about that, but they want to be welcomed with loving arms. And they want to be reminded that there's hope in Jesus Christ. So now it's time, guys. Let's stand. It's a new season. It's a new season. Any of you guys ready to take a step? I'm ready for a new step. I'm ready for a new step. It starts with the leaders. It starts with the leaders. So, hey, Eddie, are you ready for a new season? It starts with a new step. Can you step forward? All right, now, Eddie, step forward. Now, look, as a guest, I'm stepping forward. Who's ready to step forward as an act of trust in the Lord? That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. All it takes for a river that's raging to split is a step in God going before you. So we're just going to worship with freedom. Today, I'm just going to treat this as a celebration. Here's to 67 more years of God reigning in this church. 67 more years.